You are now listening to Grinding True Crimes with your hosts, Todd Fox, Maddie Matt, and Gabby. Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirmed earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims and killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them. And that he was hey, also hey, 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 welcome necrophilia. into another episode of the Friday Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, along with our narrator for today, Todd Fox. And the other host of the show, Gabby. And we are here live breaking down another story for you guys. Before we get into that, want to let you guys know where you can find us. Look us up on Instagram and Facebook. Type in Grinding True Crimes and you can follow us there and leave a message, comment. We can get back to you as soon as possible. Uh, you can also listen to us on your podcast streams. Go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchors, iTunes, and Pandora. And for those who are listening to us outside of the country, we appreciate the love and support you guys give us. You can continue to listen to us on Podchaser, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. For merchandise, courtesy of the Grinding True Crimes, you can go to redbubble.com, type in Todd Fox 80. Always, listeners, discretion is advised because sometimes we give in, get into details and it could be uh, disturbing for uh, listeners who are not, who don't like hearing things about, you know, gruesome killing and stuff like that. So, uh, listeners discretion and advice also last but not least if you'd like to donate to us uh there's a grinding two crimes you can uh, go to a uh, cash app and type in dollar sign grinding true crimes and there you can uh, leave a donation to the grinding two crimes uh, podcast so that we can continue to do what we do so i got all that out the way todd fox you got a story for us sir Yes, I do. So our last story was on the East Coast of America. This time we're going to be sort of close to the West Coast again. We've been over here a lot. Um, This one's going to take place in Arizona. Oh. So, yeah, we're going to be in Arizona this time. Uh, And our focus tonight is going to be on one Ryan Walker. Ryan Walker. Um, Ryan Walker. Yes, sir. Or, yes, yes, Cap. <laughs> well, I blew that Excuse one. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm Is sorry. my voice that bad? No, it's been a long <laughs> day. <laughs> Damn it, Matt. Sorry, I'm sorry. I did. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> God dang it. Botch. Your Highness to both of you. I, I have a feeling next time I see her in person, she's just going to punch me for no reason. She's all, it's ma'am. <laughs> oh, like that video? Yeah. <laughs> okay, back on track here. Bye back bye. on track now. <laughs> All right, this will throw you for a loop, this uh, story. Um, really? Yes. Uh, on December 23rd, 2006, so not too far back again, we've been doing a lot of 2000 stories lately. My dad's yeah. birthday. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, Heather Kwan, 18, and her boyfriend, Ryan Walker, He's about 21. We're alone at their apartment spending the time together uh, around that time. It's around Christmas. So, you know, they want to spend time with each other um, in his apartment. Uh, Two days later, uh, concerned parents had not heard from either side. Uh, Either Heather or Ryan weren't uh, picking up their phones. And they they did not have any kind of, uh, you know, their families are big on, on holidays. And so they weren't at any of the pre-holiday stuff, like the Christmas Eve stuff, you know, family get-togethers, nothing. 
And so uh, Christmas hmm. Christmas morning, uh, the parents of Brian called the police and said, hey, can you check on my son? You know, he, he's not picking up any phone calls. They're on the other side of Arizona, so they weren't uh, exactly within distance to do a quick check. So they figured, oh, let's call the cops and see what's going on. Maybe just they're partying too much or something. Um, the Phoenix police uh, reached the home uh, about 20 minutes after the phone call. And uh, they knocked on the doors. Nobody answered. They knocked on the windows. Uh, there was no lights on in the house. And, uh, you know, so they walked in. They, they gained entry through a window, came in. The officer opened a door. As he opened the door, turned the lights on. Uh, they found uh, Miss Kwan on the couch uh, with a blood stain leaking to the floor. And they checked her pulse, and she's obviously dead. She's been shot in the head. Ooh. Yeah, she was shot in the head, and uh, she's limp and discolored and everything. She'd been there for two days, it looked like. Now, the odd thing is, is when they see the body there and they go to clear the rest of the house, they look towards the kitchen, and the male such subject, Ryan Walker, is sitting calm, cool, and collected in the kitchen <gasps> table. What? Still alive? He's just standing there, or he's, he's sitting in the, in the chair, still alive. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie, man. That would creep me out. And the officers point, point their guns, be like, hands up, hands up. He's all, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean, hands up? What's going on? He goes, you're going to wake my girlfriend. And they're all, wake her? She's dead. And he's like, she's not dead. And then he's like, she's asleep. You guys are too loud. And they're, they're, yeah, they're looking at him like, bro, you're freaking high or something. So they, they handcuffed him. They searched him. They patted him down, whatever, and they take him to the cop car because as they're talking to him, he's just not coherent. He's not giving straight answers. They're like, dude, what the hell happened here? You know, and they're looking for a weapon. They don't see weapon, but there's spent shells on the ground. Like there's about a half dozen of them. They're like, okay, well, there's obviously, you know, something going on. They look him over. He's got two black eyes, scratch marks. A chunk of um, skin is missing from his upper lip and under his nose. Ooh. And they're what? like, yeah, they're like, okay, he's got severe black eyes. Uh, he's incoherent. Was he hide? You know, did they get into some sort of fight? Um, you know, what, what, you know, and then he got pissed and just shot her, you know, like what, what's going on. And so they're clearing the house. They're doing the crime scene stuff. They're looking, they're trying to get fingerprints, all this other stuff's going on. He's sitting in the car for 45 minutes because he refuses to talk. So then um and, and i'm gonna i'm gonna see about posting the um the interrogation video of this because it'll blow your mind it will freaking blow your mind it's about a good like 40 minutes long but it'll blow your mind wow yeah so i'm gonna walk you through exactly what happens in the interrogation okay so what happens is they have to take his clothes because he has blood on them and so they put him in one of those outfits that you would probably clean underneath the house or if you have a hazmat suit it's like white whatever they'll they'll, they'll put you in a plastic outfit you know it's like a hazmat suit right mm-hmm. okay so he's so he's handcuffed to this table and uh they let him you know always with interrogations they have the camera on you they sit you down on the table and then they kind of let you stew and see how you're gonna react if you're acting nervous if you're fidgety or whatever like that you know, just to try to gauge how you are so they can ask you the certain questions that they feel yeah. that would be right. Um, so he's in there and he's just like moving a little bit weird. He's putting his 
feet on the chair that he's sitting on. You know, uh, he'll put his feet on the on the table. Then he gets down. Then he starts scratching his head. Then he stands up, and he's just like doing oddball stuff. Nothing really consistent. So uh, the police come in there. They start taking pictures of his hands to see if maybe he has like skin from her or you know scratch marks on his body. You know, they they do the routine stuff. They photograph his face. Mm-hmm. Again, he's got and, and the thing. It looks like he's got makeup on his on his eyes, but there are two huge black eyes around his face. And, uh, he's got bruise, deep bruise marks on his cheek. And then he's got the, uh, the chunk of skin missing just above his left nostril. He must've been on something out of this space. Yeah. For him not to know what's going on. Well, that's the thing. The police are like, okay, are you not in pain? I mean, what's going on? And, uh, you know, this is, (laughs) it was, it, this is a uh, 10 in the they found him and they got to the scene at 10 o'clock that night right so now it's Christmas morning it's 5 in the morning so in custody being booked and finally being put into the interrogation room you've lost a good you know let's see 11 12 1 2 3 about a good uh, you know 5 to 7 hours okay so he's hey. yeah he's sitting in there and here's two things that happens right off the bat um there is no he never asked to go to the hospital and they never ask him or or they know they don't say hey let's get you checked out before we go into interrogation they don't ask him nothing like that so they don't even offer medical assistance not even the nurses that are on you know at the at the uh, police station no none Mm -hmm. of them get asked to go in there Mm. Mm. something something's not right yeah something's not right indeed um so again, the police are, are thinking this is just a domestic dispute uh, gone wrong, you know, and they're asking him over and over, what happened to the gun? What happened to the gun? Like, we can't find the gun. You know, did she piss you off? Did she say something? Did she cheat on you? Did you cheat on her? Um, you know, was, you know, because this is obviously, you know, it's Christmas time. Maybe something happened with the family. You know, what's going on? They keep asking him mm-hmm. and um, he keeps saying, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Like, just how do you get those bruises on your cheek? I don't know. I don't know. So well, he doesn't know anything. Yeah. The only thing that the nurses advised the police of was don't let him sleep. So this entire time, they not let him sleep because they think that there's head trauma because of the bruise marks to his face. So they're thinking mm-hmm. if you have a concussion, that could be highly dangerous to go to sleep. Very, so so very. every time that he's on video, they're waking him up or not letting him sleep and that's two things he's saying over and over is I don't that's know what's weird though but if they're saying that why aren't they getting him checked out that's that's the point that other people will say later on when this is all over like why did you not render him medical assistance why didn't you not take him in to make sure he was cleared before you interrogated him yeah like all these things that you're saying would again if Maddie Matt and Gabby were police officers. I'm pretty sure you would have took him to the hospital before you started in on your interrogation, right? Yeah, because clearly he's not in his right mind. Something's not okay. Yeah, exactly. Unless they deemed him too dangerous, you know. Because um, remember the last show we did when he was taking uh, bath salts. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe you know they they don't know what he's on. Maybe he was. They feared like he was on something very, you know, high. But he would have attacked somebody when they went into the house. 
I, that's my only defense for the cops. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to defend it here. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I'm like, no I, excuses. That's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, I don't think you're going to you're going to uh back up the cops as we move along with this story because it just oh, gets no. it gets worse and worse because it, huh? Is it one of them cops that we've had in the past? Oh yeah, yeah. This is the deep south meets Arizona right here. Uh, Let's get them accents ready. Oh, I'm getting them ready, man. I'm getting <laughs> oh, ready. <dear. laughs> I'll even throw a Dr. Phil in there if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> so uh Dr. Phil, as the police officer, says, now I want you to put one foot up on the desk, the left foot, and not the right foot. Keep the right foot on the ground, would you please? And then he's like, Ryan's like, okay. And he tries to move his feet, and he's doing the opposite. He's like, no, 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 that's not the right one. I told you to do the left foot on the table and the right foot on the floor. You put the right foot on the table and the left foot on the floor. Son, you got to listen to what I'm telling you. So, and Ryan's just not able to comply with that. Yeah, he's not getting it. And so then he's like, all right, enough with this test. Let's get back to the interrogation. And um, (laughs) they're not like, and again, I mean, the nurses are like, don't let him fall asleep. So that should tell you he's got some sort of head trauma. Mm -hmm. Take him to the hospital. And then, of course, uh, you know, Dr. Phil, the police officer is like, I'm a doctor by theory, and Oprah made me a doctor, so I know when and when it's not legal to take someone to the hospital. You know, he's yeah, fine right like here. Mother. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you I love Oprah? But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, they, they start with the simple questions about what happened to his, his head and uh, he's like, I don't know. Um, they ask him if he finished high school. He said, and get this. Okay, these are, again, questions that are being asked. And tell me if this is not throwing up red flags to you. Okay. I mean, so, so then the, the, uh, the southern cop says, hey, boy, what, uh, what high school did you graduate? And then he's like, I graduated eighth grade from high school. <laughs> and then the guy looks, guy looks at the Dr. Phil and he's like, I, I don't think high school starts at eighth grade or ends at eighth grade, does it? Doctor feels like you might be correct there. It's usually twelve. So, are the, you kidding me, man? Yeah, he says high school. He says he, uh, he finished high school at eighth grade, and they're oh. still doing nothing. They're still doing nothing. They continue to ask him questions. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So they're asking him. They're like, okay, well, did you get an equivalent? Because it. Are you meaning you 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 quit school and then you came back and got your GED? I mean, and then he's like, yeah, yeah, that's uh, no, I don't know. And they're like, huh? And then uh, so then the detectives switched gears and they're like, okay, so um, what was the name of your girlfriend again? Uh, and, and and remember her name is Heather Kwan. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and he goes, um, Heather. And and then uh, he goes, what's her last name? Keenum. What? Keenum. And he's like, no, Kynum. And he's like, Kynum. Wow. He's like, well, like, how do you spell that? And he's all K-Y-N-O-M. And that's not her name. Uh, so it's obviously wrong. So then again, the officer's scratching his head and he's like, okay, uh, well, well, how old is your girlfriend, Heather Kynum? And then he's like 16 or 17. And, and he's 21. Yeah, but but she was, uh, I, I missed she her age. Yeah, she was 18. 
Uh, actually, she was 21. I'm sorry. She was she was actually 21. So she was in her 20s like he was. Oh. And uh, so she so he's way off in the age too. And then uh, then they asked her again, or he asked him again. So what's her name again? And then he says Heather Kwan. And then the cops like, then why'd you say Keenum? He's like, I didn't say Keenum. <sighs> so then the the cops starting to think this guy's dicking with me. Like he's he's. He's not, he's, you know, he's probably smarter than he is because he looked and he, and if you see him in the chair, when they're asking him questions, he's like leaning over, putting his head on the side or hand on the side of his head. He's kicking his legs up. He looks like irritated and tired. Uh, but, but then also like, he looks like he's kind of messing with them. So I'll, I'll give the cops credit a little bit, but they blew through some real red flags in this one. Yeah. So was he messing with them or was he actually off? Uh, you'll you'll see what what's going on here in a second. I can't give it away this early. So I can't. Dang All it. right. I want to. We gotta you. wait. So so he's telling him. You know, he's asking him questions. He said, "How? You know, what, where where is your girlfriend at?" He's like, "Oh, she's probably still asleep on the couch. You know, she sleeps a lot." And and he goes, "I hate to break it to you, but did you know that she's dead?" And then he's like, "Heather's dead." And then they're like, "Yeah, she's dead." And then he just went back to. Oh, and like, like he just like didn't show too much emotion, and uh, they're like, okay, um, how do you know Heather? Oh, she she's a business contact of mine, and they're like, what? they're like business contact. What do you what do you mean? And, and then uh, and then he's he's like, yeah, you know, she's she's on my phone. We do business. I thought that was your girlfriend, and he goes, I don't know, I, I don't I don't I don't know, and then uh. He's like, okay, I'm going to cut to the chase. Obviously, your girlfriend's been shot in the head. She's dead on the couch. What happened? What did she say to piss you off? You know, because obviously you flew off the handle and you killed her. You have blood. You have her blood on your pants. We have your pants. You know, you're the only one alive in that house. She's been dead for over 24 to 48 hours. It makes sense. You didn't go to your family. You know, they're laying it on the line. He's like, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, I didn't have no fight with her. And, and then she, he's like, she was just asleep on the couch. Then what were you doing the whole time? I don't know. And it goes back to that. So the cops are like, God damn Oh my what, God, what? how frustrating. Yeah, yeah, what is going on with this guy? So uh, so he says, uh, he says, well, what's what's going on? Do we, do we have any, like, was there anyone there with you? And he goes, well, I have some friends. And then he starts giving them numbers, but none of the numbers make sense. And he just mm-hmm. wants to go back to sleep. And so again, they're asking him, "Were you drunk? Are you high? What, you know, do you have a mental problem? Uh, are you schizophrenic? You know, like we're looking for things. You know, we're we're, we're gonna, your parents are on their way here. You know, we're, they're going to try to help us make a, you know, sense of this." And they're like, "Well, well." And then one of the cops says, "Okay, well, what, what's up with that hole in your face? Why do you have a chunk of skin missing just below your nose?" and and by your above your cheek or above your uh, mustache or whatever or um, your upper lip it's between mm-hmm. your upper and uh, he goes did she, did she grab you like when you were trying to shoot her I mean what happened man like like this doesn't make sense you can help yourself by helping us that's the quintessential thing that detectives always tell the people. pretty much yeah you know this is your time to speak young man and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know so they're you know, before they sprinkle the crack on him um, so <laughs> They're 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 like, did she dig into your face? I mean, that's not a consistent hole. I mean, how would you make that hole? I mean, what, what's what is that? 
and, and then uh, and then he's like, I don't know. I don't know how it's there. And he goes, I just want to go to sleep. You know, can you tell Heather, you know, wake her up and tell her I'm here? And they're like, bro, she's dead. You know, we wish we could wake her up. And, uh, you know, it, there's just there's nothing there. So one of his friends, when asked again uh, about Heather, he says, oh, that's Eric's girlfriend. And, uh, you know, the detective goes back to uh, or, or he Eric's asked, girlfriend. Yeah, Eric's girlfriend. And uh, he goes back to, uh, or actually when they ask him about Heather, he said that's Eric's girlfriend. He's like, who's Eric? The detective's like, who's Eric? Yeah. And, and uh, Eric's like, oh, that's my former roommate. And uh, that's Eric's girlfriend. And then uh, to which to which the police were like, uh, are you sure? I thought she was your girlfriend. And then he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's my, that's my girlfriend. And uh, also Alicia was there, too. Who's Alicia? And they're like, who's this Eric and Alicia? Can we verify? Can you give us names? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. It goes back to that. <laughs> And, and then he says, Alicia hit me. And then and then they're all like, okay, again, who's Alicia? I don't know. <laughs> what in the world? Yeah. So it's just going back, back and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So then uh, as a detective is just like racking his brain, he's getting super frustrated. He's now getting pissed because he's like, okay, this guy is definitely screwing with me. And uh, he goes, dude, again, I can't believe that your girlfriend is lying dead on the couch. We're probably removing her body now from the crime scene. Her family's never going to see her again. And you're over here just when you could be saving yourself and giving me what happened so we could figure out what's going on and give the family closure. You're acting like a total and complete ass right now. And, and he goes, and I can't believe you would just like, go. you know, you must really hate your girlfriend because she's dead now. And then he's like, well, these people came over. Richie and his dad and they were shooting a bow and arrow and then the guy's like whoa, whoa, whoa hold, hold on who's Richie and his dad and, and bow and arrow we didn't find no bow and arrows there and then he's like I'm telling you Richie and his dad broke in through the back door and the detective says okay who's Richie and he's like he used to live with me before Heather okay uh, so then the cops are like you're not okay Lord, let me know about Richie. Okay, talk to me. And so they're 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 saying, um, what happened? Then he said, well, he came in, he hit, um, he shot a bow and arrow at uh, at Heather, and she went down to on the on the couch, and then he shot me with a bow and arrow in the face. That's why I have the hole in my face. And then what? Yeah, and then he's like, okay, so then where are the arrows at? And then what, what What about the, the bow and arrows? Like, where are they at? You know, where are you taking us with this story? And then um, he goes, I don't know. And then he's like, <laughs> and so again, the cops about ready to walk out. And he's like, yeah, the revolvers. I don't know what he did with it. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a second. Wait a second. Okay. We didn't find the bow and arrow. There's obviously spent shells there. So you're telling me that Richie and his dad shot you. But now with revolvers, and he said, "Yeah, yeah, they shot me with the revolvers." And he goes, "Can I just go to sleep?" And they're like, no, 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 we're getting somewhere here. So you were shot. You didn't shoot. He's like, "No, I did not shoot. They came in through the back door and they opened fire." 
He go and, and he go and he goes. He put me in a sleeper hold, and that's all I know. And, and then I woke up when you guys came. And he goes, but it was two days later. What were you doing in between? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> wow. It's, yeah. And then he he starts to cry, and he says, I just want to go to bed. Can you can I please go to bed? And he's like, Not till we find out what happened to Heather. And he's like, Well, I don't know. And he's like, You just said. That Richie came through the back door. What happened after that? And then he says, um, Richie was demanding his things. He got into an argument with me, told me to F off, and then he shot her, and then he shot me. And then he's like, okay, so then why didn't you call 911? And he's like, because he goes, if they shot your, your girlfriend. He's like, I don't know. Like, she looked like she was sleeping. He's like, she's dead she's dead how come you didn't try to help her you were there for 48 hours and if you were really shot he goes I don't believe you're shot he goes I believe that she hit you he goes you're not telling the right story like I wish you would come clean he goes the quicker you come clean the quicker we can get to the bottom of this and you can go to jail you can get whatever you know what they're going to do to touch up your face and you can get all the sleep you want Hmm. so he's like He's like, look, I just want to go to sleep. And he starts crying. And we're 45 minutes into the damn interrogation. Oh, dear. And the detective tells the officers, you know what? I'm going to take a look at this wound real quick. Because what if he was shot by a bow and arrow instead of a gun? He goes, we got to look at this, right? So he looks in there, takes a flashlight. And granted, they're in a lighted room this entire time. He's looking at the dude the entire time, but is not focused on that hole in his face and and dude has hair and stuff and he's complaining his head head hurts so they don't know if he has a piece in his face the detective 45 minutes later realizes he was shot in the face oh crap he was shot in the freaking face and the bullet he could see when he flashed the light in there you can see a tiny bit of the, 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 the casing is still lodged under his nose by his brain. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. He, so there's a bullet up in there. And so right away, the detective goes and gets the other officers and says, am I seeing things? And they both look at him and are like, bro, this guy's been shot in the face. And in the pressure, like the, the black eyes are caused from the blood vessels broken in his face and in oh. his skull. Crap. So he's bleeding internally right now. You While know? they're doing all this mess, instead of taking him to the hospital like they should have. Yes, exactly. And it was oh, a crap. It was a small caliber gun, a twenty-two. So that's probably why they didn't figure on it being a bullet wound. And usually with bullet wounds, you have bleeding. He had yeah. No, he had no bleeding whatsoever. None. Because he's bleeding inside. Yeah, it was coagulated on the outside, so it was blocked off. What um, idiot. Yeah, this is huge. I mean, these guys are morons. Dude, he could have just dropped dead in mid-sentence. He could have, yeah. He absolutely could have. So the last video of the interrogation is the police officers actually laughing. And they're and they're like, man, the guys in the morning are not going to believe this. And they're and then he's like, well, he goes, what now? Is it? Can I go to sleep yet? And they're like, no, you got to go to the hospital. He's like, why? He's like, you've been shot in the face. And the officer chuckles. So, oh man, why would he do that? Yeah, and so and, and and here's the thing too. He's been shot in the face, 
and they're allowing him to walk out of the damn interrogation room to a gurney. So they're not even strapping him down in the gurney, trying to take him out of there, trying to help him out all gingerly. They just let him walk right out. Wow. Yeah, so... These at, cops deserve to be fired. Yeah, there's there's some there's some of that stuff coming up. We'll get to that. Uh, okay. See, Gabby's already... She's like, castrate him. fired up. I'm pissed. <laughs> so he's rushed to the hospital in critical condition uh, at this point. Well, I bet. Yeah, his, his family comes down there. And they're obviously thinking, oh, God, this guy's got brain damage. You know, he's you know he's messed up in the head. Um, so what happened was the the effects of, were not even realized, un- unfortunately, until they got him in on a CAT scan. You want to believe what this kid had on him? What? So, So basically, the entire time he was talking to the police officers, mm-hmm. he was blind. What? Yeah, he was blinded. Um, he was not shot once. He was not shot twice. He was not shot three times, but four times in the head. What? Get out. Two times because he had like he didn't have a fro or nothing, but he had thick, you know, white boy hair on the side, and they didn't see the bullet wounds in the side of his head. He had two bullet wounds in the side of his head, one bullet wound on what I told you about with a hole. And one that actually went up his other nostril, not leaving a mark. Oh, oh, this it, it, dude is a walking miracle. He it, it basically destroyed his orbital sockets. It two bullets went inside of his skull, and and his skull, his brain was bleeding from the inside. So he was sitting there for two days. That's why he was out. Mm-hmm. But he was still alive, and he woke up when, like, he reacted to the noise. Exactly. They they think that he was walking around the house willy nilly, and just sitting back down, not contacting anybody. He just didn't have the brain function to to realize how bad everything was. Oh man. Yeah, he sat there for two goddamn days, and then another seven to eight hours in interrogation. These bleeding are- out. Bleeding out, yeah, and and his, I mean, he had, I mean, God, how how are you alive with one bullet wound to the head? Exactly, four times in the head. Four bullet wounds to the head. Oh man! And if it would, if just one of those wounds would have bled enough, they would have realized, okay, he's been shot. But still, do your homework. If the the guy's that messed up in the head, they should have rushed him to the hospital right away, anyway. Yeah. So. I bet you if I'm, if right I'm them cops, I'm I'm actually nervous. Like, oh crap, we <laughs> we, we messed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and here and here's the thing: where it gets down to is the police actually now know that it has to be Richie and that dude's father. So they're picking the the fingerprints up from the house, and they find out yes, the fingerprints around the house, around where the uh, the bassinet was, had had a palm print that matched the Carver kid and his father being placed there the 22 caliber bullets when they did a search warrant on their house they found the gun which matched the gun so in the brief little bit that he was able to get out there about the story that was mm-hmm. true the father and son were arrested and uh, and charged with uh, two counts of murder um they they wound up finding out that Ryan had a physical altercation a couple times with uh, Richie before 
uh, kicking him out of his apartment as a roommate because Richie was hitting on his girlfriend, Heather. And mm. so, so they did break in. They found their fingerprints on the back side of the house. So all that matched up. But Richie came in there for, to either settle the score with Ryan or just murder them both with his father. And the attack did happen on December 31st, uh, December 30, uh, 23rd, sorry, um, two days before. And, you know, he would not get any kind of medical assistance for over 48 hours. That is insane. That, he's a walking miracle. Yep, yep. And here's something that'll make you mad. <clears throat> so we'll get Uh-oh. into we'll get into some stuff here, logistics and stuff, which happened afterwards. Um, so his brain was fading more and more by the hour. He's he endured months and months of surgeries back and forth, and all while this was going on, Richie went to um, to the to jail, stayed in jail for about half a year. His sentencing came up. He was found guilty and sentenced to life without parole on two counts of capital murder avoiding the death penalty because he pleaded out and he he told his side of the story so he took responsibility and and uh and and got the guilty role now here's what will piss you off for a little bit Um, the father would actually confess to the wife before talking to the police she then invoked her marital status testimony because he didn't speak to the police they had little evidence on him. They didn't know if he fired the weapon or not, even though he was there. The evidence or whatever fell through, and because she invoked her marital status, he was let go. Huh? Well, I don't understand what that means. When you when you test when you basically confess to a wife or a husband, uh, a wife confessed to a husband, use your marital status. Uh, status. The the police came to court saying okay our star witness is his wife and they based their entire trial on him, on her saying exactly what oh. she confessed and as soon as she hit the stand she's like you know what I'm invoking my marital status I'm not going to testify against my husband so it was, a, it. Set, it was a setup it was a setup mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's, that's a bull crap. that was a law that you can get away with here in the US of A that is bull crap. Yep, yep. But there is a little ha- happy ending to this story. Um, Here we go. Heather's family said, oh, hell no. And they went to the Arizona Supreme Court. They filed, They made a law with a local congressman, which did away with that marital status testimony. So once they got that law invoked two years later, they retried him in 2011. And they found him on first-degree murder, and he was sentenced to life in prison. Good. So they wound up di- they they wound up getting the father, but he had two years of being free because of that uh, status. Stupid bastard! Yep. What kind of parents are you anyway? If you know you were there with your son, and you're gonna let him go down, but you're just gonna act like you did nothing? They were they were trailer trash. If you look at them, they're trailer trash. They it's. You know what I mean? Like they, these were these are two people that you Bill know, Yeah, you're not. You're if you look at him, you're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. <laughs> let's just Makes say, sense, yeah, let's just say there was a lot of Coors and Paps Blue Ribbon cans outside of the trailer and inside the trailer, emptied, you know, but not thrown away or recycled. So gotcha. And NASCAR was probably a common theme in that. House. <laughs> 
Hey, they're turning left again. All right. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, wow. Ryan's family would try to invoke a law as well. They would talk to um, congressmen about that, but they never, never got anywhere like Heather's parents did. Um, they were outraged by their son's condition and the treatment of the Phoenix Police Department, which they sued and won a substantial amount, but it's undisclosed on how much they got. They got the bag. That's what they got. Yeah, and also the police department would um, wind up fi- filing um, uh, some cases of, uh, of neglect on some of the detectives, and uh, mm-hmm. they were they were demoted and or given a desk job after that. So their careers were bit the dust. They shouldn't have been demoted. They should have been completely let go. Yep. Yep. They don't yeah. deserve to work in the service of people when that's how they behave. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, it was clearly, clearly there. I mean, the, the the thing that upset the family obviously was the fact that they kept him there, no medical attention, and then when they did find it, they were nonchalant about it. Um, they were laughing, kind of joking about it, like, "Oh my God, this guy has you know a bullet in his, his skull." You know, he had four stupid. You know, um, it sucked. It, uh, this this kid uh, did not deserve this. Did not no, he didn't. And, and the thing is, too, uh, the doctors would later testify in court that had they had rushed him to the hospital sooner, there could have been a chance of him saving one of his eyes, you know, having eyesight. But he lost that as well. So what was his condition after that, besides being blind? Well, that is the problem, like I said, um, with everything that he went through, he had uh, debilitating seizures that would come on every now and then. Uh, he would he was raised or helped. Uh, he had to go back home and live with his parents, and they took care of him. Uh, you know, but he had violent seizures at time, a lot of medical expenses. So the money they got from the Phoenix Police Department, a lot of it went into taking care of uh, poor Ryan. And uh, there was really nothing publicly about it, but in 2016, his family did put a Facebook post up on his page, which uh, said, "R.I.P. Ryan, you'll, you're, we love you. You're, um, you know, you battled through a lot, and it's just, you know, we miss so you." So he ended up dying. He wound up passing away in his sleep uh, with a seizure. Um, no, it was just too violent on his body, and his body couldn't take it anymore. Damn it, man. Yeah. So he passed away in 2016. But, uh, yeah, the Phoenix Police Department took a lot of heat for that. Um, and, and as far as we know right now, still the two, uh, the, the uh, father and the son are still rotting in Phoenix, uh, one of those prisons in Phoenix. That's what uh, they get. Yeah. But the son so how is- long, not to cut you off, how long uh, was he alive after? Uh, every- well, the incident happened in 2006, so about a good... 10, uh, 10 years? No. Yeah, about 10 years. Yeah, 2006 to 2016. 2006 to 2016. Okay, yeah, about 10 years. Well, I mean... Yeah, but blind and yeah, messed blind up. Yeah, blind and messed up. You know, like, but... You know. The quality of life was not there. Um, yeah. He was wheelchair-bound, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I so, already. yeah. Uh, the brain function wasn't as high, too. They said that, the, you know, he, he uh, had a hard time remembering things, obviously. And uh, just he didn't have normal function anymore. He was, he was suffering. 
Yeah, he was losing. He was losing because uh, he would walk at first the first couple of years, which they were looking at him as a medical miracle. But uh, then he would fall, and then uh, you know, obviously being blinded, and then uh, you know, they tried the walker with him, and then it was just good for everyone around to have him in a wheelchair. And uh, but but he he had to depend on everyone the rest of his life, unfortunately. Wow. So that's sad, man. This is one of the stupidest police work in the planet. Yeah, I mean it's. It's troubling to know that in the 2000s that we had detectives that poor and uh, police that just not, I mean, you could say they're not equipped, but the most basic person would know, okay, this guy's got some wounds on his face. He's not coherent. He's, he's either, look, at worst he's hot or at worst he's got a concussion. At best he's, he's just high, but let's take him to the hospital anyway. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just his, his rights weren't protected when it came down to that. Yeah, no, regardless of whether he was on drugs, um, alcohol influence, whatever it was, their job was, especially those nurses, Mm -hmm. seeing the stupid actions of these stupid policemen and detectives, it's their responsibility as a nurse to deal with it. And it it should have been at least up to them to, to call for help. Like, this is not normal this is not okay Mm -hmm. don't let him sleep okay stupid ass but if you're not letting him sleep why do you think you're just gonna let him sit there and they did they let him sat there sit there yeah and then another thing too i think i think they uh prejudged him you know they walk into a house they see a dead girl and then they see him sitting there automatically they're thinking like well this got to be the guy so i don't think they gave him this uh his just due they just judged him as the criminal and didn't treat him fairly uh he, you know oh he's a criminal he's a killer so we're gonna treat him how we want to yeah your job is to be the detective and you know there's got to be many things that could have happened you can't just say well this is what makes sense and that's that yeah mm-hmm like you gotta look at everything. You have well, yeah. to rule out everything for you to get a freaking conclusion. Yeah, because usually a detective, the first thing he has to do is do this thing called investigate. Yep. So like they didn't investigate. All they didn't that. investigate. They said, "Look, Johnson, they this is how it looks. Him. Let's push do it." Push him. Mm-hmm. And it's sad because if you look at this guy now, knowing the story behind it. If you look at the video and seeing those two big black eyes, you could tell he's bleeding from the brain. And you could see it plainly on the on the damn, you know, video. And knowing now what you know, it's like, dude, that guy is sitting there for almost a good hour with these guys and they're asking him hard hitting questions and he's nowhere near them in that room. Like he could be in outer space for all they know. And the poor kid is suffering, dying right in front of them, and they're not doing anything for him. And we thought he was high. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. that's the story of poor Ryan. Rest in peace to Ryan and Heather, and for those uh, involved in the killing. What was his name? Uh, Richie. What was the guy killed? Rest, uh, Richie. And his dad. Mm-hmm. You belong where you are. And all right. those policemen and detectives. I hope your conscience is rotting you. 
Yeah, I, I I do know that one final thing I have on it is they did tag that post to the Phoenix to Police Department for days on on, on end. Uh, you know, after he passed away, letting the people know about his story and also knowing that uh, hey, you're responsible for this. So, yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, and not to say we're bashing police officers, but on this one, yeah, they deserve to bash. Yeah, I mean, we give credit where credit's due when the police do a good job. We've done a few stories like that, but there's often times where they just drop the ball, and this is blatant. You know, it's so yeah, it's, it, yeah. This is no past dropping the ball. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they fumbled it, dropped it. <laughs> ignorance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. That's that, man. Yep. R.I.P. for sure. Yeah. They don't deserve to represent the police department in any way. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, thank you, Todd, for breaking down that story. That one was heartbreaking. Um, I mean, all the stories we do, or we do, it's heartbreaking. But that one right there, that that, that sucks. So we thank you for that one, Todd. And we thank you for those listening in to our show. We uh, greatly appreciate all the love and support, especially all the love we've been getting on Poppy, uh, the comments we get. We thank you. We appreciate it. It really warms our hearts to see that some of you guys enjoy what we do. And we're not professionals. And we just do this because we do it for fun. So we appreciate all the love you guys give us. Even the, the haters. We like it too. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh at it. So. Yeah. But uh, we appreciate everything. And uh, we thank you guys for listening in. So uh, before we leave, I'll let you guys know once again where you can find us. Go to Instagram, Facebook, type in grinding to crime continue to listen to us on your podcast stream just go to pandora uh spotify anchors itunes and pan um podbean sorry and then for those outside the country uh pod pod chaser radio public breaker and pocket cast go to redbubble.com type in todd fox 80 for merchandise and also um if you would like to leave a donation courtesy to grinding some crime just go to cash app type in dollar sign grinding true crime and that's everything i had to say so with all that being said this has been your host for today maddie matt along with our narrator for today todd fox and the other host of the show Gabby. and we are signing off Tito. peace i think you should come back now you hear <laughs>